Welcome to Growing Your Financial Advisory Practice Podcast by Snap Projections, episode 15. I'm your host, Pavel Bramensky, and my goal is to interview experts to provide you with insights, strategies, and actionable tactics that you can start applying to grow your financial advisor practice today. For more information, head over to snapprojections.com slash podcast. Now, let's introduce today's featured guest. Today's guest is Grant Kicks. Grant is a practice management expert with over 28 years of unique experience in the financial services industry. He runs Advisor Practice Management, his own financial coaching and consulting firm. His books and writing has made him a keynote speaker at conferences and workshops for financial advisors. Grant's Guerrilla Marketing for Financial Advisors book are part of the Guerrilla Marketing series, which has sold over 21 million copies worldwide. His writing and speaking has made him an expert resource on practice management for financial advisors. Grant has spoken for several major financial institutions. Grant, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So, Grant, very excited to have you on. Let's uh, jump right in. Uh, so, tell me about your firm. What do you do right now and who do you serve? So, the name of the firm is Advisor Practice Management because I want to focus on practice management for financial advisors and firms. And what I discovered that was lacking in the marketplace is the need for solid metrics to measure the success of the financial industry. So big part of what we do for advisors and financial institutions when I do my speaking, when I do workshops, or when we're coaching different financial advisors is really is look at the key measurement of your success of your practice. And there's several different measurements. As the great Peter Drucker said, what gets measured gets managed. And so that's what practice management is all about, is managing your business in the financial services more effectively. So we do a lot of coaching for different advisors and teams. We do a lot of speaking for different financial institutions. I spoke for insurance companies. I spoke for banks, different financial institutions, investment dealers. And really the, the key thing that we discover when we, whenever we're talking to different financial advisors is, you know, there's a lot of different aspects on growing your business, a lot of different ways you can measure it. And that's really what practice management is all about. Excellent. So practice management is, a, is kind of a you know, big umbrella of, of different areas, but can you kind of break it down? What are the uh, main areas uh, of how you work with advisors? How you, in what areas do you help advisors? Yeah. So I, I built my firm based on a logo, and the logo has three triangle. Three, it's a triangle, and it's got three key points. And three key points is finding and acquiring ideal clients. So acquiring would be one of the points. Servicing your ideal clients would be the second point, and managing your overall business would be the third point. So really, acquiring, servicing, managing—those are the three key uh, areas. And it's interesting that you ask that because. Whenever I do workshops and speak to financial advisors, I ask a room full of financial advisors, how many people would like to acquire more ideal clients? And guess how many hands go up? Everybody. <laughs> exactly. And so that's a big part. So acquiring more ideal clients, everyone wants to do that. Everyone wants to find different effective ways to do that. And then servicing ideal clients. We're not, you know, when we get, you know, when you get on a plane, there's first class and there's coach. And you know that. And so when you go into first class, you expect a certain level of service. You know that already. There's no surprises unless they upgraded you, right? And then there's coach and there's a certain level that you can expect. So 
different classes of service. Well, I'd really classify it as two different areas is, you know, your first class clients and then the rest of the coach clients. And so servicing those clients and how you service them differently. And then the final thing is managing the overall business. And that's what practice management is all about, is how can we manage this business effectively, measure it, and how can we take it to the next level and do more with what we're currently doing? Perfect. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into those three different areas that you just mentioned. But you know what? Let me ask you still, let's go back to your maybe your background. So tell, if you can tell me about your background a little bit, what made you switch from, from being a successful advisor? Because you've been a very successful advisor. You've built a great book of business. What made you to switch from, from being an, an advisor to an advisor coach? Yeah, everyone asked me that question. And it's a great question. So, you know, my dad taught me years ago that if someone gives you a really large check, that you take it. So someone came along and decided to buy out my practice. I had no intention of selling it. But when someone gives you a large check and wants to take out your business, you got to look at it as an opportunity. At the same time, you know, I was looking, you know, I was doing coaching. Uh, I was doing a little bit of speaking in the industry. I was writing books in the industry. So I co-wrote part of five books in the Guerrilla Marketing Series. So I was already kind of out there with advisors. And I thought, you know what? What if we can do this kind of more of an, on a full-time basis? And that's really, it just kind of evolved. It didn't really, you know, there wasn't a, a roadmap planned out of saying, here's, you know, you're going to run this uh, business into a certain date and then you're going to sell it. You know, it actually just, it just happened. And so opportunities unfold in front of you all the time. It's what you do with the opportunities. So I decided to capitalize on, on my business. And then I decided, you know, at that point in time that I really wanted to share the knowledge and the experience of not only building the business, but all the mistakes that I made, which were a lot of mistakes over the years of how to grow your business, how to run a different business. So really what I'm talking about is, you know, when I do speaking and I do coaching, I truly understand what the advisors are going through because I was an advisor for 20 years. And so a big part of the questions and the work that I get is, you know what, I'm coming into the transition part and I want to eventually sell and I want to position, do all the things that I actually did. I was, I've actually done it. So not a lot of advisors have capitalized on their business and sold it. And not a lot of advisors have, you know, built a business over 120 million of assets. So those experiences are truly, you know, helping different advisors dealing with these situations. I'll tell you one quick little story is that what the day I sold my practice, I was very process oriented, had these clients come in. I introduced them to the new advisor. Everything worked great. And we walked the client to the front door, said, thank you. The other advisor was chatting with the clients. I went back to my office and I basically cried for about half an hour. It's emotionally tough to sell your business. And I never expected that at all. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. So really helping advisors through those different situations, I've experienced it. And, and it's kind of interesting that I could share those experiences and stories with different advisors because I understand what they're going through. So I thought I'd share that little story with you. Well, it's, uh, it's a powerful story. And uh, it, there, there, there's a lot of emotions, uh, of course, in financial services. So, so I, can, I can definitely see that uh, basically how it plays out for, for, for you as well. But uh, uh, you mentioned an ebook uh, uh, that, uh, that you wrote. So we'll, we'll come back to it later. I, I want to make a note of that and then we'll come back to it later. But uh, um, your, your experience is very unique because, you, as you said, you've been an advisor. You've been in advisor's shoes before. Now you're, you have the unique opportunity to speak with a lot of different advisors. So... If we're going to focus on those kind of three different areas that you're helping advisors with, 
uh, I want to start, start with finding those ideal clients. There's a lot of information out there. Uh, there's, I think, I, I would find, I would probably say that there is a lot of fragmented information. But let's start maybe with some with with, uh, with some of the big, biggest mistakes that you see advisors make around finding clients. What do you see as the biggest mistakes uh, advisors make in this area? Yeah. So th- the first one that I would say is depending on you know, how you run your practice, whether it be, is it an insurance focus? Is it a wealth management focus? Is it all, you know, encompassing holistic advice? And so to grow your your practice, if you're looking for more ideal clients that are going to pay you five, 10, 15, $20,000 a year for all the advice that you're going to deliver on a consistent basis, I'd say the first thing that I see all the time is that advisors are targeting too many young clients. You see, if you're targeting people that are 50, 55, 60 plus, majority of people accumulate their net worth around that age. And they're really conscious of they need to take care of not only their net worth, their plan, their future, that they want to put it all together and they really, really want the advice. And so these people are really looking for comprehensive quality advice and they're willing to pay whatever that advice takes. And so Every time I work with an advisor, tell me about your ideal client, and I always get, you know, it's a 30 to 35-year-old. There's nothing wrong with those people, but they're not willing to pay five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year because they don't have the assets or the income to be able to do that. So 55-plus would be a first criteria that I would make is, is older clients. It doesn't have to be retired. We're not talking about, you know, all retired clients, but the older ages definitely that would be the first thing. The second thing is that I see poor time management skills. The top advisors compound their business by 17% annually. And the reason they do it is they spend 20% of their time every single week with new ideal prospects. They're always trying to find and work with new ideal prospects. And the challenge with advisors, they don't have a time block. They don't, they're not spending 20% or more of their time with ideal prospects. So I always see poor time management skills. They all want more clients. How much time have you dedicated to get to those new clients? Oh, that's a good idea. So really managing and time blocking your time is the second thing. You know, the third thing that I would say is, you know, whenever you're thinking about marketing and client acquisition, think about the prospect's journey. And think about, yes, social media would be important. You know, LinkedIn is important, but really is meeting people. You know, yes, you can connect with a whole bunch of people online, but every advisor knows that if you got in front of someone, if you had a coffee with someone, if you met with someone, if you had a quick chat with someone, you would be able to eventually maybe convert them to a possible client. So you have to meet these people. And I'm going to talk a bit about the process of how are you going to meet more people and how are you going to make those connections? And then you always want to talk about, I talk about referrals are good, but I truly believe favorable introductions are better. So if I was, you know, if you were a client of mine, I would ask you, if I were to meet more successful people like you, where would I go to meet them? How would I find them? How would I connect with them? And what would you say to me? If I was to meet more successful people like you in your area, how would I find them? How would I meet with them? How would I connect with them? Is there any events or activities that you do? And you might say, 
Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's, of course, very specific, but I would say there's definitely, uh, let's say, groups of people that I meet on a regular, regular basis uh, who have similar interests. So I think that's a great starting point, for sure. Yeah, so it would be okay if next time we, you go to one of those events, if I just join you and you introduce me to a couple people, would that be okay? No problem, for sure. And see, people are more apt to give you a favorable introduction. They're not apt to technically you know, give you a specific referral because that targets that one person. But you'll introduce me to everybody, won't you? Yeah, so I think uh, I think there's a process. Of course, uh, it has to start with uh, with with prospects. I, I think somebody told me, or maybe I read it somewhere. You know, it starts with knowing, then liking, then trusting people, right? So, so we, first of all, we have to build a little bit of a relationship, right? If you just meet me exactly. uh, somewhere in the street, then it's it's not going to start. With, you know, it's not going to start quite, uh, like like that. So we there has to be some foundation in place uh, built uh, first, right? So how do you how do you go all the way from not knowing to liking to trusting somebody? Exactly. So if I went to an event with one of my ideal clients and they said, hey, I'd like you to meet Grant, my financial advisor. How does that position me when you actually approach me and have a conversation with me? Well, I'm more likely to trust you, of course, right? Because if this, if I, for example, know, uh, let's say Rob, and Rob, uh, he's a really good friend of mine and known him for a long time. I respect him, and he introducing, he's introducing me to you, and of course, uh, you're starting at a different, a different level. It's a much more elevated level, uh, and you have much more trust right away from the get go, right? Exactly. So when I go to one of my clients and I said, if I was to meet a group of successful pilots like you, where would I go to meet them? And he says, well, I've got a plane at the airport. Why don't we go for a flight one day, have some fun, and I'll introduce you to other pilots that have planes uh, at the hangar. And I go, fantastic, right? And so I show up. We go for a flight. We actually fly over Vancouver Island, have a beautiful day. He introduces me to a few other people. And one of the people said, hey, we're always looking for speakers. Would you like to speak at our retired pilots association meeting? Of course I would, right? So you're finding the people through your ideal clients that are going to introduce you to other people. And so really, is if I was to meet a group of successful surgeons like you, one of my clients that I coached asked people if I was to meet a group of successful surgeons. You know what they said? They said, you know what? We have a study group. Why don't you come and I hold the study group at my house and I'll introduce you to a whole bunch of the surgeons there and you can just connect with them. The advisor says, fantastic. And he goes and he meets a whole bunch of the surgeons because I don't know the best marketing way to meet these people. We have to ask our clients. So it starts with one question. If I was to meet a group of successful people like you, where would I go to find them? We have to find them in the first place. We have to see where they go and then we have to be there. And so that's a big part of the process that you have to build. That's exactly what we talked about. It just starts with one question. It's just asking your client, if I was to go and meet a group of people like you, where would I go? I don't know how to meet a group of dentists in Toronto. I'm not from Toronto, but I know how to find where to meet them, okay? Just by asking those questions. And then the final mistake that I was just share with you is lack of process in working with COIs. I recently did a workshop for a large financial institution, and I go around the table, and these are really good producers successful firm. I said, how many center of influences are you working with? And the answer around the table was, well, not that many. How many people are giving referrals and working with you? So you're giving and getting referrals. You got a really good exchange going. And around the room, it's like, well, I have difficulty. And well, it's, you know, three, four, five, maybe. That has to be a very critical process because if you want, you know, 
10 more ideal clients, if you had 10 center of influences, each one of those center of influences could introduce you to 50 or 100 people. How would you define the center of influence? So what I say is the magic six. So the six people you need to have on your database is obviously the accountant, the lawyer, a realtor and a mortgage broker. Why wouldn't you want a realtor and a mortgage broker? Well, that's big money. That's money in motion. And so that when people have money in motion, they would need your help. So realtor and mortgage broker, mortgage specialist. Insurance agency. Why would you need a general insurance agency? So a general insurance agency can really help you with all the risks of people's lives. So you can do a fantastic plan. You can do all these things, but if they don't have their risk properly taken care of, the plan is going to fall apart. So having that risk management person. And then commercial. Commercial realtor, commercial mortgage, commercial insurance agency. If you're dealing with successful entrepreneurs and they own businesses and they have commercial real estate, they're going to need those commercial people. So when you're a doctor and you first start out and you open up your practice, the first thing you do is you go and find all the specialists. You need a podiatrist and a dietitian and, and all these different specialists that you can refer people to when people come in with different health issues. That's the exact same thing that we want to do with our clients is we want to put a fence around them and take care of them in all different areas and tap into your network. So center of influences are all the people that could take care of your clients in very different areas. Very good. So, okay. So a lot of mistakes uh, we were able to identify so far. So first of all, focusing the wrong target market, right? And you're arguing that 50 plus, uh, 55 plus uh, age old people are really good target market. And I totally agree, by the way. Uh, it's it's a great target market. It's heavily underserved, and I think from this, especially from a planning perspective, uh, then time management, and of course, ideal clients, and and then centers of uh, influence, which is all great. Uh, I want to go back to the ideal client for a second because um, what would you, for example, say, or what would you advise somebody who has an established business but has maybe different niches, uh, or let's say he, the, their ideal clients uh, maybe are very different, uh, and would you? Um, uh, if, for example, somebody was going to pick one ideal client, how would you? What kind of metrics would you take into consideration uh, in deciding whether we should go after ideal clients? Uh, let's say number A or B or C. Yeah, great question. So the first question I ask, and I do what I call the three circle exercise. In the first circle, I ask people, "What is the revenue that you want to get from an ideal client, or what is the revenue that you do get from an ideal client? Is it five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen, twenty thousand, thirty thousand?" And I'll talk a bit about, you know, the conference that I do in San Diego with Bill Backrack and the advisors down there, they charge their clients two, three, and four thousand dollars per month for the advice that they give to their best clients. So what is the revenue that you want to get from an ideal client? I don't look at assets because assets don't really measure anything. It's great to have a large book of business, but what is the revenue that you get from your overall firm? So what's the at, what is the revenue that you get from an ideal client? Is it $10,000 per year? And so we got $10,000 revenue. That would be an ideal client. The second circle is how many ideal clients could you manage in a calendar year if that's a majority of your focus, 80 to 100% of your time is with ideal clients. And, you know, it's usually less than 100 so, so many advisors are making the common mistake that I did when Bill Backrack sat down with me as a coach and he says, well, for a smart business guy, Grant, you're running a pretty crappy business. And he was right. I had way too many non-ideal clients that were taking up way too much time and I wasn't spending enough time and delivering enough for ideal clients. 
because it's not the old way is go out and get more clients. The new way is deliver more value to less clients. So you get a $10,000 client, eventually you want to get a fifteen dollars to $20,000 client. You need to deliver more value to get to those clients. So delivering more value is more important than just getting more clients. And that's the second circle. And the third circle is how many weeks off could you take and what does your ideal income look like to manage your lifestyle? Do you need 100000 200000 500000 or a million dollars? What is the revenue that you need to manage your lifestyle? And it may be an individual advisor. It may be in a team. And really addressing those to help advisors get clarity around their future is what is the revenue per client? How many clients can we manage? That's going to help you build your ideal business. And that's what I help advisors do. Excellent. I'm glad that you've broken down so far, uh, this way so far. Um, and then I have a question about the ideal client. Is, um, uh, of course, warm introductions are great, but sometimes, especially right now with the uh, era when digital media is so popular, so prevalent, and how would you uh, advise, what would you say to advisors, for example, whether should, should they really be focusing on their clients and trying to get those warm introductions? Is there a kind of online component to it that they can invest as well? Yeah, so... You know, there's two parts to your, your question. I mean, is working with existing clients and delivering more value? And then second is, how are we going to find more ideal clients like those people? Correct? Right. So the challenge is when you meet an ideal prospect, most of them, they're good. They're happy with your advisor. They got good performance. No, I'm good. I got an advisor and I'm good. And that's typically the response that people get. Like, oh, okay, all right. And they, you know, they might probe or ask a few more questions, and then then the conversation ends. And it's like, hmm, how do you get how do you get to engage these people? So, I ask advisors all the time, what are your compelling offers or your compelling questions or your compelling reasons why they should talk to you in the first place? See, it has to be a very strong, compelling discussion because. You know, most people are good. They're happy. I'm okay. I'm good. So we really, you know, help advisors ask, you know, some really good questions to help engage people because we know what ideal clients aren't getting. And so let me give you an example. So how many people you know have clarity around all of their four, five, or six goals on paper? How many? What percentage? I would probably say it's a very small percentage. Uh, right. And so the second question I might ask is how many people you know have their complete financial house, complete financial life organized in all six areas? Tax, estate, investments, risk, insurance, debt, and cash flow. Completely organized in all those six areas. I don't think I know even one person. <laughs> it's, it's okay to laugh when I ask that question because most people do, right? <laughs> right? And so, you know, that question always leads into you know, the number one reason why advisors or clients don't give you all the information or don't bring all the information to a first prospect or second prospect meeting is because stuff's everywhere, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So so the second question is help, helping people get their complete financial house organized in all six areas. And so would you be able to do better planning if you're completely organized? Of course. I mean, that's, that's the key, right? This is, uh, this is where we start. 
Yeah. So another question is how many Canadians understand total transparency, everything they pay in dollars and what they get for the dollars they pay? I think this number is going up over over the years, but I think, uh, again, it's going to be a small number, I think. Yeah. Is it, I mean, percentages are great, but, you know, dollars, what do you get for the dollars that you're paying? And most Canadians don't clearly understand the dollars that they pay. Sure, they understand percentages, but they don't understand the, 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 the dollars. So, you know, one funny story I always remember is, uh, you know, a client called their advisor and said, holy smokes, I think I lost a whole pile of money. And the advisor, the client had a million dollars. The advisor looks and he says, oh, no, it's not so bad. You're only down 5%. And the client says, thank goodness, I thought I lost $50,000. <laughs> and we always, we always laugh at that because it's true. It's like people don't equate with the dollars. They're paying ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year. What are they getting? And what are they not getting for what they're paying? Okay, so this is very interesting. So how do you get to the value, really? And, and, and how can we quantify the value for, for, let's say, new prospect? Because right now, let's, let's assume we already found the ideal clients or the source of ideal clients. We kind of have a rough idea what those clients are, and, or we probably have a good idea what those ideal clients um, you know, for us are. Uh, but uh, some of them, as, as you said earlier, they may be lukewarm. They're maybe not convinced if I'm, the, uh, if I'm the right advisor for them. So how do you go and build up the value? Uh, through this process. Right. Great question. So would it be valuable if I sat down with you and we did a fee audit to show you everything that you're paying, everything that you're getting and not getting from your current advisor institution? Would that be valuable to you? Okay, perfect. Yes, of course. Great. So let's do a fee audit to show you what you're getting and not getting from your current advisor or institution. So I highly encourage advisors to do fee audit as an exercise to just maybe you can even have a coffee you can have a discussion you could tell a story if you want a copy of the fee audit you can shoot me an email i'll send my email at the end of the podcast here to do a fee audit but starting with a fee audit because here's the problem you and i know what they're not getting the problem is they don't know what they're not getting do they Yes, so they don't know that. So, okay, so you're basically focusing on educating them what they don't, what they don't know right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, as in the process of, of going through the fee audit, um, you can, of course, uh, show the value that uh, what they're not getting from the current advisor, for example, if they have one. Uh, and if they don't have one, of course, that's, uh, yeah, that's another story. But, uh, uh, but you're able to show them uh, through this process uh, what is the really the value that they will be getting from from being uh, engaged from engaging you as an advisor? Is is this correct? Yeah. So it's not just one thing. It's a list of all the services that is going to get their complete financial life in order and give them a greater probability of success and giving them what I call a quality financial plan. And that's a big part of your software and what you do for advisors is helping people plan for their future and give them a greater probability of success of reaching all of their goals. So the question I always ask people is, what's the probability of success of reaching all of your goals with your current planning? What's the probability of success of reaching all of your goals with your current planning? 50, 60, 70, 80%? And most people look at me and they can't answer it. 
Of course, because most people don't have the plan. So the probability of achieving something without the plan is probably very, very low or zero, right? Oh, sounds like you got a good advisor. Have a nice day. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Very, very good. Okay. So people, if, uh, if uh, some advisors, some listeners are interested in, in speaking uh, with you a little bit more about the few audit and see how it works, they can email you and we'll, we'll share your email later on uh, in, in the podcast here. Uh, very good. So I have another question here. I'm, I'm really curious. What uh, do you think made you successful in building your practice prior, prior to being a coach? So as I mentioned before, working with 55 plus uh, type of people, that was, that was critical. And so you're working with people with larger asset base and different complex problems. You know, one of the things that I always talk about in that group is doing beneficiary audit. And I always offered this as a service. Would it be valuable if we did a beneficiary audit for you? We will look at all the beneficiaries and all your investments, all your insurance policy, and how it coincides with the will. And we'll summarize that on one page. Would that be valuable to you? Very nice. Of course. Yeah. So we would make a offer to those type of prospects in that age group, right? Mm -hmm. So that age group was critical to really finding those type of people. The second thing that I did is I worked with a coach and a mentor. Bill Backrack really taught me, you know, he's got a proven process and not just creating values-based financial planning, but creating an inspiring financial strategy for people and getting that emotional connection with people. And the third thing, which was really critical to my success, is doing the feedback with my ideal clients. I'm truly passionate about feedback. That's why I talk about it in my workshops and seminars all the time. If you want to grow your practice, feedback was valuable. Let me give you an example of what I did by feedback. I would bring in uh, 10 or 12 clients. We'd bring in, uh, uh, do a luncheon for them, and, and some of them were retired, so it would be three to four hours. But the whole idea was we were asking them questions of things we were working on, things we were thinking of doing, and really they were helping being my what I call my... Uh, informal board of directors to help me grow my practice. And from those feedback meetings, I was able to clone my best clients, service them better because I knew exactly what that group of people were looking for. So doing those feedback sessions, you know, that was extremely valuable because we know that 85% of advisors don't do feedback and the ones that do earn 52% more than the advisors that don't. So feedback was critical and I also did feedback sessions with Senator Influences as well. So the key, one key thing that if I was to do it all over again is do the board of directors, the feedback se- sessions. And that's why we want to give you the ebook because it gives you a step-by-step guide of actually how I did it, all the mistakes I made and how to really have it a great experience for your clients. Perfect. And so, so this is the ebook, Guerrilla Marketing for Financial Advisors, right? Correct. Excellent. So, and uh, I know that uh, you offered to share this ebook uh, for free with all the listeners. So, we'll link uh, uh, this in the show notes and uh, everybody will be able to uh, get access and download uh, your ebook. Excellent. So, you mentioned a couple of other resources as well. Uh, you mentioned uh, the uh, Bill Backrack course as well. So, how advisors can uh, get access maybe to that or just learn a little bit more if they're interested? Yeah. So, there's a link that, that we'll share with you at the, at the end here. It's virtually... You know, he took all his material from years and years of coaching. He's been coaching advisors for 20 plus years and he put it on an online format. And I was thinking of doing the exact same thing. But when I looked at what Bill has done, it's like it would take me years to replicate. And he's, he's put together um, 
everything is online, the scripts, the videos, the whole process. And advisors can, you know, for less than $100 a month, I believe, it's everything is there to help you acquire and, and, and service these ideal clients. So it's an online virtual coaching program. So instead of, you know, going and hiring a coach and going through the whole process, this is something that you can, you know, basically buy immediately and saying, okay, I can start implementing these. Here's the tools. Here's the resources. And so I encourage advisors that if they haven't looked at it. It is a proven process of acquiring ideal clients. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing this resource. We'll link it in the show as well. And, and again, I want to go back to the fee audit as well uh, that uh, you mentioned earlier because we're just summarizing this right now. So if, uh, uh, as I understand, if anybody uh, who's listening right now would want to learn a little bit more, more about uh, your own fee audit, uh, they can contact you uh, directly. Okay, another, another question here. So when you look at what you're doing right now, Grant, uh, what are some of the projects in your business that uh, you're, you're more, like, most excited right now? What's what excites you the most about what you're doing right now? Well, the coaching day to day, I truly love. You know, people ask me all the time, are you going to get back into business of being an advisor? And, you know, I really love helping advisors grow their business. And I've been good at it. And that was a big part of what I, I was really good at is, is growing my business. So day to day is coaching and working with advisors and helping them grow their business, helping them go through the different challenges that they, they face. So that's the one thing that gets me really excited. But the second thing that gets me excited is, is all the speaking that I do. I was fortunate, you know, last year I spoke in, uh, in Thailand for the MDRT experience with a couple thousand advisors. That was a great experience. I recently spoke at the Wealth and Tech Conference. I was the host and I spoke at that conference of, of top advisors in Toronto. And so the speaking part of things is I, you know, I truly love speaking for different organizations and sharing what I call is what I call the future ready financial advisor message. So I'm helping advisors be prepared for the future because there's four key things of the future. There's all the technology you got to figure out and especially, you know, your technology, which you've made simple and easy for people to use all the regulatory issues that they have to tackle. And that's a constant change, you know, all the pricing change because the products are completely changing um, pricing. But the biggest change, which hasn't really happened yet in Canada and is coming, and I want to prepare people for it, is the consumer behavior change. We're starting to see it through different commercials and people are asking about, you know, pricing and, and financial services. But the real, the pressure hasn't really happened yet in Canada from the consumer because we haven't had all this complete full disclosure of all the costs, all the fees, and all the value. And so that's what really excites me is my, my mission is truly is to help a million people get a quality financial and investment plan. And I don't do the plan, but I can now make a larger difference because I can help influence advisors. They're going to do more for their clients than ever before. So that's really what excites me. That's what wakes me up is my mission statement is if we can get a million people getting a quality financial investment plan, boy, you and I, we will make a difference in the industry. This is awesome. So, um, uh, well, it's, uh, it's a great, uh, great place to end. But I have one more question before we wrap up here. So this podcast is all about growing your practice, uh, Grant. So do you have any parting words of wisdom for the listeners? Yeah. 
get someone, get a coach, get a mentor that is going to help you guide you because you're going to go through good times, you're going to go through bad times. And that focus on your business is critical. No matter who it is, you have to have a coach or mentor that's going to guide you. There's coaches and mentors that helped keep me on the on the path and the focus for the business. So that that would be critical. I mean, you know, when advisors invest, you know, a few thousand dollars, they're thinking of it as a cost. They're not thinking of it as the investments in return. And you and I know that the best return is investing in yourself. The best return is always investing in yourself. So I'd encourage you to invest in yourself, just like you're doing right now, is putting the time in to listen to the podcast, investing in yourself to become better and grow your business. The true words. Uh, Grant, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that? What's the best way to reach you? Yeah, my personal email is grant at ghicks.com. Grant at ghicks.com. You can email me if you want uh, to uh, copy of the fee audit, and we'd be more than happy to share that with you. Uh, we're going to show you the link to the ebook, and the ebook is five years worth of research on practice management on what the best advisors do. And we want to give you this information. There's a lot of information there, but it's a resource that you can always go back to and saying, how can I do better time management? How can I you know, do better feedback? How can I create a better value proposition? You know, all the different tools and resources, we've put it together in a book. We've also got a workbook for different advisors that I work with. But email me or get a copy of that ebook, and you can shoot me an email, grantedghicks.com, or go to my website, financialadvisormarketing.com. It's just the same as my uh, name. Sorry, it's advisorpracticemanagement.com. You can also go to financialadvisormarketing.com, but it also go, it will go to advisorpracticemanagement.com. And there you go. So looking forward to hearing from you. Perfect. Grant, thanks for coming to the show. Thank you very much for all the resources that, that you've mentioned and that you're sharing for free with, uh, with advisors. And you shared a lot of uh, practical, actionable advice that listeners can get value from. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. And that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at podcast at snapprojections.com. And if you're enjoying the show and want more of the amazing guests sharing incredibly valuable knowledge, head over to iTunes and leave us a great review, which helps us get discovered. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.